Hello, boys and girls. Hello, everyone. How do you? ¿Qué pasó? <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> wow. <clears throat> We are professionals. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> anyway. Wasn't sure exactly how to come into that. Welcome back to the Metal Nerdery. Mostly nerdery at this point. But. Yeah. Metal seems to be <laughs> shaving off. <laughs> Not shaving. <laughs> Tearing, maybe. I don't know. You want a beer, Matt? Chafing. Chafing. Yes, the metal is chafing. Yes, hello. This is Nigel Nigerson. The metal is chafing us here at the studio. <laughs> uh, someone please bring some lotion. Thank the you. The metal's so heavy, it's chafing. <laughs> hey, man, it's chafing metal, dude. Is that a new core? Chafe core? Could be. Chafe core. Dude. <laughs> It's the next wave. It's the next wave of Chafe Cornus. It's the next wave of suicide silence while I lie dying in the ocean on the cliffs of infinity. That's my new side project band. Whoa, dude. That, that just kind of just rolls right off the top. See, the names are getting longer. Pretty soon it's just going to be like a novel for a name. Novel for a name? I mean, there you go. That's not even a thing. That's like taking the whole sentence for a band name that much further. Yeah. I mean, I wrestled a bear once. Pfft. That's nothing. That's like the shortest name ever compared to however many words I just said a few minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) This is Nigel Nigerson, and you're listening to Metal Nerdery. Please follow them on the social media. Uh, they are now on Twitter at Metal Nerdery. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Metal Nerdery Podcast. And search for them out in the Googles at metalnerdery.com slash podcast. This is Obvious Osborne. That guy's British. Isn't it obvious? Welcome back. <laughs> Not even the plague. Not even the plague can keep us apart. It's like the worst love song ever, isn't it? <laughs> and now we're going to play Not Even the Plague Can Keep Us Apart on Rock 104. Romance isn't that the latest Barry Manilow track? Yeah, Barry Manilow got all heavy. Lance's new Barry Manilow went gent. <laughs> dude, if you're a fucking Barry Manilow, man, he's gent as fuck, dude. He's like opening from a sugar, I think. <laughs> That would be some shit. If Barry Manilow, like, I think he's dead, right? Is he? I don't. Assuming he's not dead, can you imagine him playing, like, with Meshuggah? Holy shit, that was loud. I hope that showed up. That was the sound of the Windows alert when you try to open a virus or something. I don't know if Bill's looking at porn over there or he's not cheering if he is, but that's what it sounded like. Oh, fucking rock. Sounds like SOD. The love boat! The hate tank! <laughs> Where's that MOD? Yeah, that's MOD. MOD. I put hate tank on there for Tommy. Recent conversation. That's, that's such a good one. Was that was that, was that method of destruction? Yeah. Oh, that was such a classic. I love those. Anyway, I guess we should get into what we're talking about so people know the backstory and or context with regard to this. What you were talking about there just reminded me of 
the love boat. <laughs> and then I saw it on my screen here, so I had to get right. it in there. So it was a little, uh, little foreshadowing. Not backshadowing. So we've been doing a lot of backshadowing lately. Yeah, so lots right? of backshadowing. foreshadowing. Gross. Uh, we figured we would talk about Megaforce Records a little bit. Which really needs to be talked about because they are, I would probably say they are one of, one of, if not the most important record label or part of the thrash movement because they really kind of helped elevate it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it took it to a new level. Them and Metal Blade were kind of a couple of the big early independents, Mm -hmm. you know, in the early mid eighties, you know, basically, I know probably everybody knows, but. Megaforce Records was basically created so we could all listen to Metallica. Isn't that crazy? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Connection that to was, the big that four. That was the main, yeah. the main goal, the first goal. And the irony is, is it kind of tapered off even beyond that and became something critical to the cause, if you will. Right. Yeah. And uh, as we go down, I just kind of pulled some of the more interesting releases, I thought. And as time went on, they kind of delved out into some different sort of things that you wouldn't, you'd be like, what, that was on Megaforce? So, yeah. So like radically different? Like, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait for it. Wait. Y'all, there's a <laughs> surprise coming. He's trying to keep the surprise in there. Enjoy the surprise. In y'all. the biz, we call that the tease. The tease. <laughs> yeah, it goes with a couple other bizzes that I think of, but anyway. Yeah, simmer down. And a few girls updated. Okay. And <laughs> anyway, we're talking about Megaforce Records. Yeah. So, yeah, as we just mentioned, originally founded in 1982 by John and Marcia Zizula. And Bill got the John Zazula book there. So it's pretty interesting. Which I think is going to go on my reading list. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a good one for sure. I'm about halfway through. Uh, basically, John owned a uh, record store up there in Jersey called Rock and Roll Heaven. Yep. And Jeez. he would uh, basically, he was into that whole tape trading network. and uh, Which was basically the internet of the early 80s metal movement. Right. So he would get you know, tapes, demos from, from bands all over the place. And just, you know, on top of playing proper releases, he would play these, uh, you know, these demos from bands and somebody basically sent him the early Metallica demo. Was it like no life to leather or whatever it was called? Yeah. And, uh, I guess that one just perked his ears up and he was like, holy Uh shit. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, then he like basically mortgages house or something. Yeah, he yeah, he, 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 soon as he the funds. As soon as he heard it, he he went out to the payphone because there was a number on it and <laughs> called him up and said, "Get him here." But but you guys surely have experienced do. that because I've seen bands before where I was so blown away. If I I was like, if I had the resources, I want to see them go on to make yeah more music. That's how awesome they are. Well, the funny thing is he didn't really have a whole lot of resources. Right. And uh, I think he, he borrowed everything he could and right. got him shipped out there and then they stayed at his house. And Yeah, I think was, they kind of, they stayed there. I think they kind of hooked up with Anthrax in the early days, stayed yep. with Anthrax. Yeah. Yeah. Like they shared rehearsal spaces even yeah. or slept there. Yeah, and it was, a, it was a dump according to the book yeah. here. <laughs> I think it Seems like I read somewhere maybe some of their stuff got stolen or something, and Anthrax lent them equipment, even, yep, yep. you know, and so it was like a big group effort. Right, yeah. It's a team. It's a community. Yeah. It's not a team of one. <laughs> I guess 
just, I guess, I mean, I don't think there's any more important, well, both of them, important figures in Thrash beyond those two. Because they were sort of the birth of the Big Four and helping to bring that prominence to it. And even the East Coast connection, which I know we'll get into here in a minute with the different bands. But well, to me, that's just kind of like sort of funny is they were Metallica's from California where Metal Blade was, but they ended up getting their break on a East Coast label. Right, yeah. It's just kind of weird how that happened. Mm-hmm. Power of tape trading. Exactly. Satan. Yeah, the power forget, of Satan. Don't forget the power of Satan. Just saying. Don't deny the power of Satan. Yeah, absolutely not. This message brought to you by Satan. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a blessing. Yeah, so basically Megaforce has brought a lot of metal goodness to the world. A lot of the thrash, the early thrash. A lot of them still, still going, kicking it, doing it better than the new guys. Of course. Yeah, you got Anthrax, Overkill, Testament, Violence. I mean, right there, right there, you could end that list and it would be, that's uh, all uh, a full plate of deliciousness. I'm going to skip past some of that because that, that does away with my foreshadowing. Sorry. <laughs> Shut up, Matt. Let him finish <laughs> what he's saying. But over the years, they've been distributed by a bunch of different, they've got a lot of different distributors. Wow. Uh, independent from like 82 to 85 and then Atlantic Records, 85 to 91. Yeah. Island eighty five to ninety one, which I think they mainly did the Anthrax, which is yeah, it's just it's you got like a New York label and a, like a Jamaican label promoting Anthrax. It's like whatever. Talk about crossover. <laughs> it's a big one. Disco CBS from ninety one to ninety two. Epic from ninety two to ninety three. ARC never heard of them. Ninety three to two thousand. Red I've heard of. Yeah, from two thousand to the current and Sony. 93 wow, current. quite connected. So, a lot of a lot of fingers. Yeah. A lot of fingers, a lot of help in the distribution area. Wheeling and dealing. Just to think that they were able to bring it to the masses. Yeah, so they've released, you know, full albums by some of those bands we just talked about, but they've also released a lot of singles from, from different bands like uh, Venom, Mind Funk, Clutch. Wow. They did the live at the Googleplex. Really? Yeah, that was a Megaforce release. Yeah, they've done some ministry, prong, dance, you know, just all kinds of different stuff. I didn't know that about Clutch. I'll have to go back and listen now. I'm intriguewood. Intriguewood? Yeah, very intriguewood. (laughs) Nice little poster here from some of the early acts. Yeah. Got the Exciter. Hey, I wonder if they're going to play their entire album, Exciter. And their debut album, Exciter, with the song Exciter by the band Exciter. Sorry, I'm overexcited it's very about Exciter. <laughs> very exciting. I'm excited. Eric Steele? Eric yeah, Steele. I saw a picture Sounds of Sounds like a porn name more than a metal band. Now, Agent Steele, that's a metal band. Yeah, it said Eric Steele, but from what I can gather, it was a band. It wasn't really like a guy. Well, now I've heard of Agent Steele. Yeah, this is different. Oh, yeah, it's different. Yeah, definitely not the same band, I don't think. <laughs> Whatever. Make it bigger. Whatever. You get the idea. Make it bigger. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that, right? Did I just say that? Yes, you did just say that. So looking at that album cover and saying, Eric make it Steel's bigger. not big Oops. enough. The title of the album is infectious. <laughs> 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 I mean, it came out in 88, so 
Yeah. <laughs> timing is everything. Looked like they were a little behind the uh, behind the wagon on that one. Behind <laughs> <laughs> uh? <laughs> the wagon. Are you saying they were back shadowing the wagon? <laughs> back wagon shadowing. Okay, you're reaching now. Yeah, they got some Raven on there. Merciful Fate. TT Quick. Speaking of Merciful Fate, I'll tell you the other day I was listening to an Accept song that I swore was Musical musical Fate. Musical Fate. <laughs> merciful Fate. <laughs> it was Musical Fate. It was Destined. But the I thought vocals, it was Merciful Fate, but it was it was Accept. And the vocals sounded like King? Yeah. King-ish. Was it like New, new Accept? I, I know they've got remember. a new singer now. Somebody was on somebody. It was like I can't imagine Spotify Udo sounded like... But it, but it sounded like primitive merciful fate. That's why I was kind of like, could that have been before King's voice got smoother? Because it sounded like merciful fate. Anyway, uh, I don't know. Sorry, it was a little bit tangentially related, but not really. You're the king of the tangential. Yeah, I apologize. It feels like I've been gargling with gravel. Hence <laughs> the reason my voice is still the way it is. But we will soldier on. So I just kind of put together some. Little eye candy here. You go look uh, at the website and look up the uh, the shows and stuff. I actually have this on tape cassette. Metallica Whiplash EP. Uh, EP. Mm-hmm. That's how I actually heard Whiplash for the very first time in eighth grade. For those who are listening, that was in Mr. Scarborough's class at Lower Middle School. <laughs> Chris Dunn is responsible for Metallica, so Chris, Metal Nerdery salutes you. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, that's a classic. I remember finding the tape at uh, Gwinnett Place Mall. I can't remember that it was the record store that was upstairs down on the Sears end. Record bar. Was it the record bar? Yeah. Well, there's record bar in Camelot and Tape World. Tape World was on the bottom floor. That was down in the food court. Yeah. Yeah. I knew Camelot was upstairs, too, I thought. Oh, maybe that was was Camelot. I don't know. Record Bar was at the end of the escalator, so I think it might have been Camelot. Yeah, the one down by the Sears. Camelot was awesome. Yeah. I I think I got this one at Record Bar then. So I remember finding it, and I was like, holy crap, that's cool. Yeah, when it glows in your hand, that's how you know you need to buy it. I just thought the the cover was pretty cool. James there with his old uh, flying V headstock. And the Smirnoff shirt. Right. I just thought the logo was badass. I saw it. I was like, what is this? I mean, eighth grade is what, 12, 13, 14? I'm suck at math. But I saw that and heard it and was just like, holy shit. Anyway, Talaga, Whiplash, awesome. Goodbye. <laughs> Find it on eBay. Do it. Then you move on to the Raven. I feel like I need to listen to some Raven to get Yeah, to get Zulu was, he was all about Raven. I, uh, I've actually gone back and dove into, uh, some of the old Raven. Oh yeah. And it's like the, it's like when you listen to a lot of that early metal, you can tell like the band's still, even though it's recorded, it's like they're trying to get it put together. You know what I mean? They're trying to figure it out. Kind of find your voice in a way. Yeah. Some of that, like even the very first Raven album I listened to, it was like, they knew what they were doing. You know, it sounded good. It was cohesive. Pretty good production for the time. Everything was pretty well put together, but it's like it's the lyrical content. I think is maybe what kind of yeah. Because I feel like they were always because they always got talked about a lot even before Metallica really broke. They they got talked about quite a lot. Like they were going to be the next kind of big thing, and then Metallica broke, and everybody's like, "Who's Raven? We forgot." Well, that's, you know, Metallica was 
no life to leather and whiplash and yeah you know and they were their lyrics were like 14 year old kid i want to get laid right you know was See, i still feel like i, I owe it to them <laughs> as a metalhead to go back and listen and no to, i think you'll like it i mean yeah. I, I like listen to it it's just like i was like i just wish they could have stepped their lyric game up a little bit and i think maybe they could have it would have propelled them a little bit yeah but an article i read about them they were like you know We've always done what we've done, and it's sometimes it's worked for us, sometimes it's worked against us. But you know, we we just do what we do. Hey, if they're fun and optimistic people, then God bless them. But let's be honest: darkness, negativity, and cynicism creates beautiful art. <laughs> I listened to one track. I think it was off their most recent album. It's like it starts up. It sounds good, heavy guitars, nice aggressive sound, and then they they start singing. You realize he's pissed off at his GPS. <laughs> I think I talked to you about that yeah. one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like they're, he's mad at his GPS and then they kind of bring in, you know, turn left now. You know, it sounds like it's, they're bringing in the GPS to the song. You're like, this could have been so badass. It is badass, but it's like. It's like didn't know Stephen Hawking was doing backing vocals on this. What the fuck's going on? Turn left, I've got the nice traffic light. Well, they've got some very metal uh, song titles, you know, Mind Over Metal, Sledgehammer Rock. Sledgehammer rock. I'll seek and destroy there, I think. Yeah. Athletic rock. I mean, come on. Athletic rock. What? What the fuck is that? Break the chain. A little docking sort of there almost. Sounds very athletic. <laughs> athletic rock. I don't know what's like. I think athletic metal. I guess I think of Man of War. It just makes Am I more thinking, sense. I might be thinking of Anvil. Anvil, yeah. I think I'm Anvil thinking, had like, I just went on that whole diatribe about Raven, but I think I'm talking about Anvil. Well, they were kind of in that same boat, though. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, yeah I think I think yeah, Anvil yeah. was kind of in that same boat. They always were sort of looked at as like the next. Because Raven thing. was the one that, like, they had that album cover where they were coming out of the lockers with all their jock straps on and, and shit. You remember that? Yeah, there was like the mascot. The dude, dude had his, like, lacrosse helmet on. Yeah, like, that was like the mascot <laughs> Raven dude. I, I figured he was like the singer. <laughs> Like the King Diamondish kind of, sh- I almost said schnick. That's not the right word. Schnick. Schnick. I don't know. Schnick could be a word. Fuck it. It's a word. Schnickens. I just wordified it into existence. How about that? You got it like that, huh? Copyright. You, all you rights reserved. Middle Mercury Podcast. <laughs> See, we've even got a legal thing, too. Yeah. Ah, the king. Yeah. So you were, you were foreshadowing on that hey, one. Hey, not even backshadowing. Merciful Fate. Yeah, that was their uh, first album, I think. That is a classic. I also believe Melissa is. Okay, Yoda, way to speak it up. <laughs> that, that, the first album is a classic. Also, it is. What? Okay. <laughs> Go back to sleep, dude. Get another beer or something. It's a pretty cool album cover. That is a badass album. For 1983. Cover. There's a story behind that album cover. Apparently, there was like a real skeleton that belonged to someone. I think you might have covered this on a prior episode, and somehow it got stolen. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I do vaguely remember talking about that. And it was never seen again. Again. Don't deny the power of Satan. <laughs> Just saying. Always remember. That was a that was also a pivotal album, that one. Yeah, everything we've talked about so far is, came out in 83. Mega Force had some weight. Uh, 83 was, they were churning it out. I guess you could almost say that Megaforce was really like the like the nuclear blast almost of its day. Because they were there first, but I mean, they were, well, them and Metal Blade, but I mean, 
in terms of the thrash side, they were covering that level because Metal Blade was doing a lot of darker stuff, but it seemed like Megaforce was really more hardcore thrash. I mean, Metal Blade did do thrash, but Megaforce seemed like it was that was the focal point. Uh, yeah. Megaforce seemed like they were bringing in the more international. Well, he was saying bands. that uh, John was saying in the book there that basically when he heard Metallica, he was like, "This is America's answer to um, the new wave." Of a uh, British heavy metal. Ah, the new album yeah. He yeah. nailed it. Yeah. He's like, this is the answer. This I would have never thought about it, but that alone, we need. Yeah. that nails it. I didn't think about it, but that's perfect. I got to fucking read that book. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard that whole album in its entirety? Which no. one? Melissa, we may have to do no. a backshadowing album dive on that at some point because the old Merciful Fate stuff is quality stuff. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, you have quality song titles like Evil. And End of the Coven. And Black Funeral. Not what you think it means. Satan's Fall. And there's a song about a girl named Melissa. So sweet. Sweet Melissa. I wonder, <laughs> wonder if it's about her time into the coven. Is it going in there? Yeah, is that just a uh, reworking of the classic Allman Brothers song? <laughs> <laughs> That would be ridiculous. <laughs> I apologize for my laugh at this. He sounds up. like he sounds like that that dog uh, on the cartoons. I can't remember the Green one. That, Stimpy. No, this is older than that. The the dog that had that horse laugh. Oh yeah, I can't even do it. But, <laughs> oh right, uh, yeah. Was it uh, Snidely? I don't know. I don't know. It That's just reminds old, me old school of cartoons. It. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, since I barfed up my voice box, my laughing's kind of messed up. Bear with us. Such a. Uh, Pleasant, sorry. Image. Anyway, moving on. Well, now I can do like death metal vocals. And this brings us to uh, the band that is Black Sabbath's Fault. Black Sabbath's Fault, and also we're working with them. We're, we're I'm trying to get a partnership uh, worked out with Man of War so we can put out the loincloths, the metal You're, the you're really into that, aren't you? I'm pushing them, man. I think they're going to be you're big. You're pushing and, them. Where? where? <laughs> We're going to put them on the merch page and let the public decide. I, I think the public's ready for metal nerdery man, man cloths. <laughs> Loin cloths. Fuck it. We'll call them man cloths. Man cloth. It. Yeah, the metal nerdery man cloth. I just, I just read the album title. I thought this said Into Glory Hole. It's like, no, it's Into Glory <laughs> Ride. Man, what is wrong with you? Freaking idiot. Yeah, some classic uh, song titles on this one Gloves of Metal. Secret of Steel. You know, and again, when I was when I was going Close. through and putting this stuff together and looking at different things and I, I was listening, you know, listening to different albums and stuff. And once again, I tried to listen to Man of War. It still, it just doesn't work. Mm. It just doesn't work for me. Have you heard Blow Your Speakers? I don't know. It, it's a fun video because it, it takes me back to the old school when I was a kid and Ed Baker's Ball, but it's a little... It's a little. Eh. <laughs> well, I mean, look at him. I mean, come on. I know it was the eighty-three, the, the baby, early eighties, and it, it was what it was. I just, I just can't get into it. I don't know. March for Revenge by the Soldiers of Death. <laughs> that's a cool fucking album title. Yeah, I mean, but you know, it's like you can't have that and Gates of Valhalla with gloves of metal and Secret of Steel. That just sort of. 
See, and they were they were foreshadowing today's fashion trend with the big fur boots. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, those so were Ugg boots back got, in the day. Wait, is that a thing today? You got women walking around now all over the place with those big fur boots now. It's like oh, okay, yeah, man of war, man of war, princesses. Brings us to the classic Anthrax uh, before their first album came out, a little EP called Soldiers of Metal. Yes. With Howling Furies as the B-side. I think Howling Furies is my favorite song on that album. It's good stuff. Was that the instrumental? There's one I thought that was like no. an instrumental. There might be. I don't remember. I, I did remember that song being memorable when we did the first four of the big four. Yeah, that's the release with Neil Turbin, the one and only. Backshadowing. Got to do the next yeah, four he, of the big he four. He was saying that um, after a... After a show they did that Neil um, he had an argument with, with the other guys or one of them about, a, about their jacket or something. And he was like, All right, fuck it, leave it. He's gone. He just left. And they were like, okay. Really? So that was his <laughs> quitting that, of the band? Yeah, he's, that's it. He walked out and I don't nobody like said jacket. bye. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, you know what? Yeah, an argument about their tour jackets. <laughs> wow. So, and, and he quit right on the spot. It's really dedicated. That's... Uh, Dedicated to something. Not well, sure what it is. He said he always performed with a fifty-pound metal mesh uh, glove that went up to his elbow and was always like ah. shaking it, and you know, <laughs> wow. Okay, you know what he probably looked. Uh, just he was a, a soldier of metal. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he had one arm that looked like it was like power jerking, and the other one's just like all atrophied and weak. It's like, dude, that one <laughs> arm is ripped. Wow. Well, I mean, I guess it it worked out. We got Belladonna. Yeah. So. Yeah. No more fistful of metal. Maybe that's where the title comes from. Probably metal fist. Yeah, that would be exhausting. Can you imagine by the end of the show? It's like you couldn't even raise the horns. It'd be like like impossible. Yeah. No, that's that's too much, man. Too much. It's over the top. It's over the top. It's never over the top. There is no over the top for metal nerdery. But if there were, it would be on our Patreon, which is coming soon at some <laughs> point in the near future. Twenty. There is uh, there is over the wall, but no over the top. No over Sylvester Stallone here. Yeah, hey, uh, what do you mean? Yeah. Uh, a little bit of an oddball release, Blue Cheer. They were more of a uh, like a seventies. Yeah, because they started way back. But they're but they're kind of known as like a, one of the proto metal sort of doom. You know, what I mean, kind of like pre Sabbath, like in yeah. that vein, though. Yeah, yeah. They, they were early. They kind of had those elements. They weren't quite like black sabbath or anything but they they had some heavier elements than they weren't flower power right <laughs> yeah, they, they would almost probably fall into maybe the birth of metal but i mean sabbath's the official birth of metal but they were they were maybe like almost like pre like the well, there's not death throws <laughs> there's birth throws i don't know what i guess that was the fucking yeah but they metal. had that i don't know <laughs> they had that Cool cover of a uh, summertime blues back in the day. Yeah, pretty heavy. So I wondered if that but, was like a greatest hits album or like no. This was an album. actual album. They they uh, I guess they'd kind of been Run on back. hiatus for a little while, and they kind of got back together and ended up on Megaforce. That's awesome. <laughs> See proof that Blue Cheer is metal. You just proofed it. It's been proofed. proofed. It. It's been it's been proofing. It's another quality uh, early eighties album cover there. <laughs> yeah, it's like if Satan was a werewolf. And he was clawing some young girl's back. There's a back shadow there. With her a back naked shadow. ass. Literally. 
Serious backshadowing. Very nice. <laughs> oh, the kill. Brings us to the overkill. Yes, fuel the fire. One of my all-time favorites to this day. Something about Rotten to the Core, that laugh at the beginning. I don't know. I know right. it's Blitz, but it still creeps me the fuck out. It's just uh, it's it's awesome. because it's freaking overkill. Man. Right. It's, it is fucking awesome. Just a lot of good songs on there. Hammerhead, Kill It Command. Sonic Reducer is actually a cover tune. Oh, yeah? Uh, uh, it was like a punk band up there. They did a cover of their song. I think it's cool how they've kind of brought back like the punk element in the overkill because a lot of their newer shit has had more of like a like a heavier and even like a punk yeah. edge at spots, which has been kind of yeah. Refreshing. That one track on their new album, uh, the Garden State. Garden State, or yes, yeah, it's pretty good. Should have dropped that out there to listen to. Awesome. That's not on that album now. No, no, it's not. <laughs> anyway, we're not talking about it on this one. We're talking about a different one. We'll, we'll get to that one now. We'll later. talk about it later. I got some hammerhead here. Yeah. The hammerhead. I think I put some rotten to the core on there. You did. You can definitely tell how the <laughs> how the production got more muscular album after album. Oh yeah, but you yeah. could hear like the like the Gustafson essence, the riff essence. Yeah, that was the uh, kind of the classic Overkill lineup: Gustafson, Dee Dee, Verney, Rat Skates, Rat Skates on drums. Who are we missing out? Blitz, Gustafson, Dee Dee. That's everybody. Okay, sorry. Yeah, that's all four. Is all there's all four of them. All four. No secret members. <laughs> no secret member. Yeah, man, they had a keyboard player that they kept off stage. You know, <laughs> he played on a he played on the ballad. I don't know if y'all remember that. Yeah, it was that obscure Overkill ballad never recorded? <laughs> <laughs> never. All they played live. Well, they did have one song that had piano in it, but that was on like one of those '90s albums. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. We won't talk about that. <laughs> Where that was kind of like the one detour Overkill took, where I was like, mm, "Yeah, I don't maybe." It, have it was done a little that. darkish, but that was probably also not a Sabbath, so gotta give him some kudos and commitment somewhere. Yeah, overkill. and condiments. Maybe not condiments for that, but at least kudos and commitments. Yeah, Overkill's just been a nonstop thrash machine since '85, right there. I mean, they just keep going. God bless the Zazulas for bringing them into <laughs> into our existence. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. On to one of Bill's least favorite albums. <laughs> Stormtroopers <laughs> of the Death. So many good tunes. So many. We've got a, I don't know, I'm sure that's on the album dot docket at some point in the future, but that will be a fun one to do. Oh, yeah. That will definitely be a fun one to do. That will be a must. This one just happened because they had some extra recording time after uh, Anthrax was playing. Isn't um, that ridiculous? Yeah. It's like, it turned and it turned into that. I know. 
just yeah, to think just they a, were fucking around and, and it's like oh this and, and they had no like the label and everybody had no idea and it was going to be that's that's what the it fun became. yeah, yeah. Right, that's, yeah. That's the, absolutely that's the magic of that album mm-hmm. yeah, that's definitely definitely one of the best yeah i read a thing with uh dan lilker and they were asking him, you know, you know, going back and looking at it now, you know, do you think maybe some of the lyrics maybe went a little too far or whatever? And he's he said, yeah, you know, maybe, but we we're just being funny. I mean, if you look at it in the context of we're just being humorous, then it's funny. But he's right. like, you know, today's climate, no, you couldn't. No, nah. that wouldn't work. <laughs> That'd be a challenge today. <laughs> but that's probably, probably get offended by the first note, not even the words. It's like oh, that's offensive. You know, that's probably got something to do with the staying power of it. Because I mean, they were just—they didn't care. They were like, yeah, Fuck they it, didn't we're care. They were riffing on everybody. You yeah. know? I mean, every everybody got made fun of. Yeah. So yeah, that was the fun. That was the fun of metal. It was kind of like you know they were making fun of big power things and nuclear war and shit like that. And these guys came in and just started dicking around about pointless, crazy stuff. Hence the awesome enjoyment of the SOD. <laughs> awesome enjoyment. I got some. Do we have? A sound sample of some SOD. I dropped a little bit. Dropped. Yeah. I dropped it. Dropped the sound sample. Sounds good, yeah. Oh, man, that fucking sound. I think Loker's bass really adds to it. I was just about to say. <laughs> you gotta have that. So classic. Damn. I still even know who the fuck McMahon is. Listen. So good. <laughs> so good. He fades it out one second for the end of the song. <laughs> we didn't want to play the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, right. that'd be, be indulgent. We didn't want to bore you with the whole song. <laughs> <laughs> Cut off the last second for your listening pleasure. <laughs> Wait, wow. Whoa. Sorry, hey, that, that's hey, the way it sounds, man. Sorry. I can't help it. Y'all, my last fucked up. It's a little G-A-Y, but that's okay. <laughs> Look, man, if you're calling knocking at death's door gay, then... I'm not calling anything. I wasn't knocking at death's door. <laughs> and, and this leads us to uh, one that we have done a dive the on. Legacy, the Legacy Testament. The Legacy. Such a classic. Oh, yeah. Which we have momentous praise for this album. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, heavy, heavy praise. If you are interested, go back and look it up in the archives. Yes, definitely check out the Legacy album dive. You will not be disappointed. I mean, it's just classic from beginning to end. I think I put a couple on there. I think I put a the Metal Nerdery favorite, Cotlod Boulevard, on there. Yeah, it always takes me back, man. I remember the early shows with Millie and them boys. They're, they're out touring, I think, pushing the post line. Do or die is always one of my faves. That always seemed like that was like on turbo, like fast right, as exactly. fuck. Yeah. It's like, dude, do these guys slow down? Nope. <laughs> they got one speed, and that speed is go. Speed is through your face. 
Yeah, I think he was, I think Zazula was thinking this was going to be the next Metallica. Oh, yeah? yeah. Well, he was kind of close. Yeah. Because they were part of the, well, fuck, they were basically part of what we would call the Big Five. Yeah. He wasn't really sold at first. And then just by hearing it, and then when he went out and saw him. Oh, really? Yeah. One, of, was, his, one of his assistants was like, dude, this is it. This is it. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. I remember when we heard it in school, it was like, holy shit, because that was being kind of hailed almost as like the next wave. Yeah, they were, yeah metal. this was definitely the, the second wave. Yeah. And, I, and I would say Testament were probably towards the top of that. They, they would be the Metallica of that next wave, I think. I think that would be reasonable. That was uh, episode 22 ah. of the Metal Nerdery. <laughs> the details. Thank you, Bill, for checking the deets. <laughs> Don't deny the power of Satan. Yeah, that's 1987. We were we were ripe old age metalheads by that oh, point. Yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I remember when that came out, that, that blew everybody out of the water, that album. Anyway, go listen to the podcast of it. You will enjoy it. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah, I just... Uh, I think some of those days were some of my favorites of my life, you know, just mm-hmm. soaking in, soaking in. Because that was the sort of the heyday for what we were, our thrash type, you know, right, the yeah. metal we were listening to. There's just so many good bands coming out. We we're just soaking it all in, wanting to hear it all, you know, and the age of discovery. Mm-hmm. And it's like we'd find one killer band and there'd be like another one behind it. And it's like, where does it stop? It goes on forever. It's like an endless abundance of metal yeah and then as with everything it ends up playing itself out to an extent you know but yeah uh, but you know what i thought about earlier i was telling all this i think all the old school thrash bands that are still going like testament overkill they've all they've done is they've taken thrash to like a darker heavier level yeah because they're still basically doing thrash it's just got a more intense intense intensity brutal brutality than say it did back then well i mean I think maybe Testament might have been one of the first ones doing that. Like when they put out Low and Demonic. Yeah. You know, they really, they started digging a little deeper, a little heavier, a little darker. I'm sure, I'm sure Panther helped to, helped to shape it just a smidge. But Chuck Billy started doing the death growl. The guttural, yeah. But, yeah. but they were kind of the beginning of that too. Perhaps another future discussion on that one. <laughs> Perhaps. Moves us along to Hey Fraley Fraley. Holy crap. That takes me back. <laughs> I remember my 15th birthday, I got Frilly's Comet and I got uh, Anthrax spreading the disease oh, on cassette. Nice. Cassette. Mm. It was a happy birthday indeed for me. Absolutely. You, well, you, you had that on tape, didn't you? Oh, First yeah. Frilly's Comet? Oh, yeah. I, I, remember, I remember when I it came out and seeing the video because that was like the the big reemergence of Ace Frehley, you know, which I read that he evidently, there was like a, some kind of an agreement. Like when he left Kiss, he couldn't do anything for a certain number of years. I think I remember Which something I, about I'd, that. I'd never heard that before. But supposedly, when you know, when he exited, he had to sign something well, like a non-compete. Right. It, was, <laughs> it was like a three, four, five year. I don't know. It wasn't. Like, it wasn't like super long, but non-compete. Well, I guess once you've worked for Gene Simmons for Kiss, his official name, by the way. I right. guess you do have to sign yeah. legal documentation. I mean, during that whole time, he had he was forming a band, and they were writing songs, and they were playing shows. And I guess trying to get everything fine-tuned or whatever. And then I guess once that date reached its completion is when he put this out. Huh. And supposedly Eddie Trunk was uh, 
pivotal in getting him signed to Megaforce. Yeah. I think Eddie Trunk was worked for Megaforce at some point yeah. or something. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. I don't know if that was pre. That was probably before the radio stuff. Maybe. Oh, I'm no, sure. it was. That was after. Well, he had a little radio station that he was kind of doing. He kind of started it. Yeah, I knew he had kind of, of a pirate show almost that he sort of started yeah. and kind of. And then, and then John knew him, and then eventually said. When this starts getting going, I'm I'm gonna bring you in, and that's awesome. And he ended up doing that. Kudos and commitments, Daddy yeah, Trump. Yeah, and then for he sure. was pivotal in getting Fraley signed to him. So, and they had a couple albums, but it's kind of a shame they didn't keep going. He's, so Megaforce, I know they had the three. Yeah, well, I mean Fraley just recently put an album out, so I mean he's yeah, so he's still going. still at it. Uh, I, was, I remember when Rock Soldiers came out back then. <laughs> it's like. Back then, I thought it was cool. Yeah. And then you go back and listen to it as an adult, and you're like... It's almost 40 years ago. You're like, oh, my God, those lyrics, you know? <laughs> Riding along in DeLorean's automobile. <laughs> there was alcohol involved. <laughs> uh, there you go. That takes me back, though. 1987, it was... It was Oh, I still enjoy it. Yeah, enjoyed it a lot. There's a reason I remember it well I was slipping and sliding, drinking and driving Bringing me closer to hell <laughs> What was up with the fish faces he used to make? <laughs> and the devil sat in the passenger side of DeLorean's automobile He said, hey, Frilly, Frilly, let's not be silly There's a life out there to steal In your face. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. That's oh, all Bill God. can take it out. <laughs> oh, my God. That was like the second wave of um, some kind of rap rock mixture. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd have gone that far. Yeah, I don't think he was I going mean, for that. But I yeah. know. But yeah. <laughs> he definitely wasn't going for that. <laughs> Yeah, rock soldiers come. It's <laughs> <laughs> an interesting little not my kind of band. You there. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. What would you say is pterodactyl in nature? <laughs> pterodactyl. I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> Talking about the squeak. Yeah. What would you call it? The death squeak. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> That's something right there. I can't help it. I can't help it. My voice is so <laughs> All right, breathe. Breathe. Come on now. You got a paper bag there, Bill? Uh, I'm sorry. It just... <laughs> they still have vomit bags on the plane? <laughs> All right. Sorry. I'm moving on. I realize that sounds weird as shit. I was just releasing my inner pterodactyl. You did rip a uh, song title off from Maiden there, yeah, seeing yeah. as how this came out a year prior. That's actually a cool tune, though. That whole album's good. Or I mean, previous, I, it, whatever. Granted, it doesn't age well. Yeah. <laughs> soft intro. <laughs> <laughs> granted, this album didn't age so well, maybe, but for that time. It was a big was, deal. Was like it was a big, big deal. It was a magic album, yeah. Because the last thing we had before that was the solo album from 78. Which was the best of the solos. True, true. Yes, it was. In my opinion. 
I think it. I think it was everybody's opinion. <laughs> well, you mean? I think that was the only mean, one that charted. You mean people didn't dig the Peter Chris one? <laughs> you know what's crazy? That's the first one I got. I think because my parents got me that. It was probably Peter. one of those. It was cheaper than the other ones. So that's the one you're getting for Christmas. <laughs> I don't know. Let's look at the cover. Maybe they, maybe they judged it by the cover and they thought. I well, he had the green arm. And he looked all kind of nice and calm. Ace looked like he was high on something. Gene looked like a demon. And Paul looked like a slut. I mean, that's pretty much how it's all laid out. And he was purple, so. (laughs) Anyway, my parents got me the green one. Yeah, what's funny is that was, you know, those were paintings of them, and Ace was probably still high in the painting, so. (laughs) (laughs) The painting was painted with like an essence of his highness. Makes him sound like royalty, even though he's not. This brings us on to the next OD band. Uh, the M- Method of Destruction, M.O.D. It's another, I think I wore this tape out. Um, USA for Me M.O.D. Too. I Me loved too. it. You know what I thought was so awesome about it was the fact that we finally had, and this was before I knew about S.O.D., that we finally had a band that was doing ridiculously funny metal stuff that was pushing limits, kind of like, hey, I don't know if we should be talking about that. <laughs> but they were. It was like... <laughs> Yeah, I think I put a couple on the drive there. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's see. I think I put some bushwhackatees on there. You did. Calendar what Dio. else? <laughs> yeah, that one's on here, too. You should be ashamed of yourself. So now you shake your head. And that's a fashion, too. Nice ear. You look like an elf. Okay. <laughs> I think I put a few more on there. I can't remember. Yeah, there you go. It's off for the day on the back of the sun. It's coming for you. Look out. Look out. Ballad <laughs> <Palette> of Dio. <laughs> and of course, the aforementioned uh, The Love Boat. For Tommy. That's a classic for sure. Was there a sampler of that as well? Yeah, we played it earlier. Love boat and hate tank. I can play it for you if you want. Uh, yeah, play it for him. Yeah, hey, play it he for him. He wants to hear it. Hey, Charlie, play it for him. The love boat. The hate tank. Spandex and Harley. Dead Men, Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. Oh, yeah, man. Don't feed the fucking bear. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Oh, man, I got to get that one again. I know I had the tape, but I probably didn't get the CD, but I know I, I had the I tape. Think, I think I downloaded that somewhere. I'll have to, I'll, I'll bring my drive. Yeah. 
I got, I got it. I can put it on there. Right. The King's X was on Mega Force. I yeah. Know that. Yeah, they were. Now you know. That's why we're about. here, to give you the nerd facts. They were also a trio, a pow trio. Right. They a little bit. Uh, they were definitely not in a thrash vibe, that's for sure. Oh, but they, they had were. The- they had the power of not Satan. <laughs> yeah. They used the power of God. The power of God in their metal. Although they never really like. They weren't real like in your face about it. It they wasn't weren't striper. No, they weren't like over. They didn't OS. They didn't over striper. <laughs> they were a little more subtle, I think. By the way, that B is silent. It's pronounced subtle. I always like King Zexa. Yeah, they just they always had a very unique sound. We saw them that one time. That one time in Athens at band camp. Was it the forty? Was it was them and uh, Galactic Cowboys? Remember? I think that was the Tapehead tour, which I believe was like in the late nineties. Sounds about right. Yeah. There you go. The twelve-string bass always had that huge bottom too. Twelve string bass. Yeah. Sometimes DD Vernon plays twelve strings. It's all in time. Oh yeah, their harmonies were amazing. So, yeah, you know, not for everybody, but I dug it. Yeah. They're always was, a staple. I followed them for a few years. What was the uh, the one, the dog? Uh, dog Man? Yeah, that album. That's right a killer fucking album. The mix album. on that album was just... Oh. That's a heavy, heavy album. If you got a good sound system, that's one of those, like, yes. put it on, christen yes. it. Yeah, the, his bass sound on that album is just gargantuan. Yeah, there's a few few Overkill songs that D.D. Verney plays a 12-string on, and it mm. definitely adds uh, some... Some baltastic weight, if you know what I'm saying. I think at some point I read that uh, ZZ Top's manager, somebody, somebody that was, yeah, I think it was ZZ Top's manager was kind of on to King's X at the beginning. Really? And was trying to push them as kind of the next big trio, like ZZ Top. Well, I mean, they were from Texas, so I guess right? that's what they were probably angling for. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I mean, they're they're one of those bands, too. They're, they still put things out every few years. Good stuff. Yeah, and they've always had a good consistent sound, I think. But the harmonies and the melody, I mean, they're, they've been able to combine the heavy and the melodic pretty well, especially like with the Beatles-esque melodious Yeah, yeah Doug Pinnock always had a good bass sound. Ty Tabor always thought it had a really cool, it's kind of a different guitar sound. He didn't have your typical... Yeah, it was very unique. It was very much him. 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 Very dun, 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 him. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> No, not Captain that him. Chaos. A different him. <laughs> and not him as in crazy. Now, this album I love, Violence, Oppressing the Masses. Back to the Thrash. Sorry, I just realized I said masses. <laughs> masses. It's like I'm from Jersey. <laughs> yeah. That's, we a, saw that's a good album. Didn't we see him? We saw him on this tour, I think. Violence? When they played the uh, ballroom, the wreckage benefit. Yes. Yeah. Is that the one with Typo and Damage album. and all yeah. those other bands? Yeah. I do remember that. I can't remember it. I think Typo I kind of memory. eclipsed everybody that evening because that was yeah. the first time we'd seen them. And that was like, 
they were amazing. Like they pretty much, that was their show. Yeah. But I think they might have, I think Violence might have played after type of play. I don't, I don't remember the, uh, the most thing, but, uh, but Violence were badass though. Oh, fuck yeah. That, that's a killer album if you can find it. If you can find Oppressing the Masses. I'm still rocking it on my iPod because <laughs> I do shit old school. You original, man. Yeah. I would have bought it on vinyl if they had vinyl back then, man. There you go. Yes. That's like the subterfuge. Rock 101 in the morning. Some people couldn't take them because of Sean Killian's voice. It was kind of one of those. I can see that, yeah. Yeah, it was like, a, you, you, it's just got that vibe to it, though. It works. And it, yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of singers like taste. that. I mean, that's that's usually what yeah. makes or breaks Rush for a lot of people is, True. Uh, is Getty, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Or like James LeBrie with Dream Theater, same thing. <laughs> he yeah, was good back before he started same. whispering. Whispering. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, maybe it was just like a soft intro, okay? You don't know what he's going for. Warren Hayes. Yeah, so now we kind of, we're getting into the 90s. They started branching out into some different stuff, and I don't I don't have any of this. So. Uh, but Warren Haynes, you know who that is? He's affiliated with the Holman Brothers, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he started yeah. out. I, well, I'm not going to say, that's kind of where I first heard of him anyway, when he came into the Allman Brothers. Mm. Um I saw the Almond Brothers three or four times. Always an amazing show. I'm sure. Warren Haynes is a freaking beast on guitar. But you know what? To kind of tie back to something we said before that's what I would say tangentially related. Didn't we say once before that kind of like some of the Southern rock stuff almost kind of fits under the umbrella of metal? Like even yeah, thrash I mean, to a degree just because of the vibe of it. Like it's... it's. Well, I think COC is the... Yeah, kind of like they, that. They're the ones that kind of took that and fused it with Sabbath and but it's almost like some of it. Southern rock stuff sort of fits under that metal umbrella in a way. No, I mean it was well, they get a little fast here and there. Yeah, you know, yeah. And guitar driven. Yeah, you know, sometimes there's some rawness to it. Yeah, but. you know, but especially with some of that old Allman Brothers. I mean, it, definitely not metal, but there's a lot of twin guitar stuff going on. I mean, maybe Johnny Z sees things the way we do. <laughs> I'm sure he would be a fan. I mean, a lot of those Southern nerd. rock bands were good players. I mean, oh, yeah. the bands were great. Sure. Yeah. But if you if you were a consumer and you saw Warren Haynes and you saw he was on Megaforce Records, it's like knowing the thrash background that we do, we know how it is. But if you were just a regular Joe, would you think anything about it or would you just be like, Well, eh. if you're a regular Joe, you don't pay attention to record labels at all anyway. You yeah. just. That's true. It's Warren Haynes. Yeah. You know, I'm, it's like I'm sure when people looked at Rain and Blood, they're probably like, Def Jam, what is this, a rap record? I'm not getting this. Because that's how, like back in the. CD exchange days, you know, 
or any old the record store days. That's how, like, if it was a band I never heard of that had sort of an interesting band name or something, I would be like, see what label they were on, mm. you know? And if it was a label I knew, I was like, yeah, okay, maybe I'll give it a shot. Yeah. You know? yeah, like Metal Blade was pretty consistent. Or like, if it was on Combat, it's like, it's probably pretty badass. Right, yeah. Same with Megaforce. Tattoos and cigarettes. A song called Tattoos and Cigarettes, man. <laughs> We're going to play the latest track, Tattoos and Cigarettes. There's a song to the Fozzy. You know what? I feel horrible. I've never really heard much of the I haven't fuzzy. either. And they have a local connection, so, you know. And I think they're pretty uh, damn good for the things I've heard. Stuck Mojo, oh, Rich Ward. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, if Rich is involved, then I definitely need to listen. Yeah, Shame this, on me for not doing that. This was their first album, which was mainly a, a cover album. I think they had two originals, but they did Stand Up and Shout. Some Crocus, Crocus. Twisted Sister, The Prisoner from Iron Maiden. Nice. An interesting choice. Yeah. You were number two. Livewire. Uh-huh. I'd like to hear Livewire. I need to yeah. go back and listen to this because I'd like to hear Livewire with Rich's guitar sound. You oh, that would be fat. That would be huge. That dude has an amazing guitar it's sound. It's already fat. And it was I mean, crispy, yeah. too. You it was add like that to it. Deliciousness. Over the Mountain, Blackout. I just thought it was cool because they, they were kind of pulling some deeper cuts out for, that, for That's covers. what you should do. In my that's right. Priest, yeah. feel the burn, riding on the wind. Uh, this is a tangential Matt thing here, but one, it's because of Stuck Mojo, I guess. Ah. But they had a, an in-store oh, performance shit. at Gwinnett Place Mall one I time. I remember this. And we were all, I think, I think like we all just skipped work that day or something. Because <laughs> we were like, Stuck Mojo's going to play the fucking mall. <laughs> we have got to go, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so we walk in there, and like Rich has got the full stack going. I mean, they, it wasn't like he took a combo, you know, trying yeah. to be reasonable. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like they were going for it. Nice. And they they... There was a bunch of us there. A bunch of people showed up for it. was a big crowd, it. and it was loud, loud as, as shit. Fuck, yeah, dude. and they were like, after like one or two songs, they, they were like, like, "Turn it down!" Yeah, they started their head, out. angry, pissed off, <laughs> like, "Turn it the fuck down!" And they were just like rocking. And everybody else was like, "Fuck you, man!" And it was still going. And we were, we we're all just like, you know. But they realized, I think they fucked up as soon as they started playing. As loud as it was, they were like, "Oh shit!" Because then they realized they couldn't control it because they were screaming. Nobody could hear them. Yeah. So what did they think was going to happen? Of course. You know, I don't yeah. know. Whatever. Good, good story. That's that awesome. is a good story. Yeah, there you go. With the, the clutch, clutch. Live at the Googleplex, released on Megaforce. I did not know that was released on Megaforce, but I believe I do have that. I have it because it's clutch. If it's clutch, I have it. And that's pretty much all there is to it. <laughs> Some people I know don't like clutch. And that's fine. I don't they know just, how you not like clutch. They just need to rearrange their... Uh, I need to see Clutch Live. That is on my bucket list. Oh, you have never done that, have you? No, it needs to happen. Whenever their next album comes and they're coming to Atlanta, I'm coming. And I'll be going. Yeah, here you go. Clutch, it's some of their uh, heavy best. Eventually. <laughs> oh, this is Brazen Head. I was thinking that. It's a little more of their uh, funkier side. Yeah. It's good stuff. I've got to catch them all. Oh, 
gets his power from his beard. <laughs> I think it's possible. I think I put Pure Rock Fury on there. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out here. That's a, that's a straight up power in, in your face. Yeah, that's a badass song. It's like a brazen head, brazen beard. Brazen list. Brazen beard, that's it. Brazen beard, there you go. Sounds like a cereal, doesn't it? (laughs) You have a brazen beard. Do you have thinner than average facial hair? Do you want a thicker, more manly lumberjack beard? (laughs) Try a bowl of brazen beard. See if it works for you. They also put out some ministry. Yeah. I'm trying to go back and get into the ministry. At least some of the things I've heard I kind of like. Ass clown. Ass clown. <laughs> oh, to be clear, y'all, he was talking about a song title, not actually calling me an ass clown. <laughs> In case that wasn't sure. clear. Are you sure about that? I'm talking about the ministry album Rio Grande Blood, not Matt being an actual ass clown. <laughs> More of the great uh, Satan, if we're going to be honest. I have to admit, I am not familiar with that album at all. From 2006. Yeah, me either. Unfortunately. <laughs> well, I got a song called Gangrene on there. Wasn't there a band called Gangrene back in the day? There was a band called Gangrene. I thought so. Ass Clown. <laughs> Sorry, now we're calling everybody Ass Clowns. <laughs> Freaking Ass Clown. Ass Hat. Moving on to another weird one for uh, Living Megaforce. Color. Living Color. 2009. And let's clarify this. The metal band, not the popular funny show with the Jim Carrey and the Wayans family. And to go with Ass Clown, they have a song on here called Asshole. Yeah, it's even better. <laughs> and that comes after the song four I'm minutes definitely not and calling you an asshole, man. Silence. So. I mean, you know, I'd probably deserve it. It's all right. <laughs> I'd prefer Asshole to Anus. If you're going to pick one to call me, just call me Asshole. Asshole? Asshole. That's the Swedish version asshole? of Asshole. Sorry. Asshole. <laughs> That's the source dialect that it comes from. Sorry, this is the metal nerdery English. Which course. I have to admit, I, I, you know, I heard that one Living Color song back in the day, and I never kept up with them. Yeah. So my bad. I know they're great musicians and all that. There was like two albums, I think, in the late '80s, early '90s, and they kind of sort of made their mark, and then they kind of drifted off the. I mean, they weren't like a flash in the pan, but they were kind of, they had like that hype bit for a little bit, yeah, and then they yeah. kind of faded off. But I think I think they've been putting albums out. I mean, they've stayed around. But they're a killer band. I mean, right. Yeah, the killer musicians. Vernon Reed's an amazing guitar player. I just haven't kept up, but now Same I will here. check it out. Takes us to a little Hank 3. Interesting. A little double release. Hmm. 
Records. So after he got released from Curb Records, finally, that was a big ordeal. You can read up on that, but I'd be curious to hear some of that stuff. I guess he, uh, they wouldn't let him be him, basically. Well, like do what he wanted to do, material wise. Yeah, yeah label. Yeah. Oh wow. So, I think while he was waiting to be released from them, he was kind of coming up with all this stuff. Supposedly, it's a double album. One's, I guess, more kind of like how he did his uh, live shows. One's a little more country sound, and one's a little more. Got the heavy to it. Mm-hmm. So I saw him live one time. It was pretty badass. Is that, is oh, that the yeah. Hank 3? Yes. Okay. As referenced by me saying Hank 3 earlier. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hashtag soft intro. <laughs> Hashtag ass hell. <laughs> ass clown. Dumb ass. Yeah, the time I saw him was at the Masquerade. And he like came out and did his, his country set, which is not your radio-friendly country. A little faster, yeah. a little more redneck. <laughs> With songs a like more Cunt condu- of a Bitch. A little more conducive to, you know, alcoholism. But yeah. uh, So he, he does that set, and then he basically was like, all right, we're going to go back here, take a five-minute break, smoke a cigarette. And uh, for for those of you that came here to see the country set, you might want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> he says, oh, it's about to get loud, fast, and heavy. Nice. I think I'm going to like, pick that up. He's like, I've I've done been spit on and had stuff thrown at me for doing this, but I like to do it, so I'm going to do it. There you go. And he's just like, fuck it. That's what it is. Uh, if you like okay. it, you like it. If you don't, you might as well go. Piss off. Ghost right. <laughs> to a ghost. It's good stuff, though. I like his songs. Definitely going to check that out. And uh, he's got a couple songs. One here, Trooper's Holler and Trooper's Chaos. Trooper is his dog. Uh, so That's cool. Just so you know. Thunder Pain. That just sounds cool. Yeah, I like the Stick cunt, songs cunt of Thunder a bitch. Pain. Yeah, cunt of a bitch is awesome. That's, little little nod to Nazareth there, maybe. I don't know. Now you're messing with the cunt of a bitch. I can see it. I can see it. Like, like hey, if if Bart sings like a motherfucker, then, um, <laughs> then you know why not, right? Nazareth could sing about cunt of a bitch. I'm just saying. Uh, one of my. Uh, father-in-law's favorites here little johnny winter old blues guy oh wow megaforce i like he's a good player Absolutely. that would be interesting to hear some of that i'd almost want to hear it just on principle the fact that megaforce signed them because i'm guessing that if you think back to the beginning with metallica and, the, and all of that that it granted it happened to be thrash that they were backing and trying to promote but it's almost like they're trying to get the stuff that's underground that could be the next big yep like shit that they liked yeah. Like it almost well, had, seemed like Zazul was pushing stuff that he enjoyed too. That well, he thought everybody other, else would dig it. They had two other ones as well, other than Megaforce. Two, uh, two know, other labels, like satellite labels, right? For okay. that reason, yeah. So, yeah, well, you know, I mean, like Def Jam was, uh, or American, whatever they called it at that point, had uh, Johnny Cash. Yeah, know, they put out the those like five or six albums. But that was groundbreaking stuff, though. Even. Oh yeah. So I mean, I, I guess it kind of fits that same mold because it almost sounds like. Well, Zool I mean, went after Metallica, not so much for the metal aspect, but the fact that they were doing something that was blowing people away right, and different, right? right groundbreaking. That, re- that rebellious, right? Rebelliousness to it. So for that, I kind of appreciate the the spirit of the you know fucking. Which Johnny Leonard definitely, you know, a lot of the, you know, most of the old blues guys were playing Fenders or Gibsons or you know what I mean, that kind of stuff. He yeah. played those little Steinberger headless guitars. Wow. It was, always, it was always kind of weird looking. but you know. It'd be kind of strange to watch, but I'm sure it was cool. It was cool. I like him. That moves us along to uh, Cindy, Cindy Lauper. 
It's a live, uh, a live album and video that, that somehow Megaforce got involved in. Cindy Lauper. Hmm, that is. I a, wonder if uh, Captain Lou was on there somewhere. I wonder if I wonder if uh, Zazula does most of the work, and that was the Wilmer Marshes like. John, I, I got somebody new assigned to the label. I hope you're okay with it. <laughs> really, Masha? Who is it? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, she's not metal, but Masha, who is it? It's Cindy Lauper. Okay, she just wants to have fun. Oh God. Okay, whatever you want to do. Nah, she was all about the metal. Cindy Lauper? No. You mean Marsha Z? Yeah, she just did Girls Want to Have Fun just for Wait, the, money, right, right. the money grab. Maybe that was... Sorry, all the drugs. You can tell by the track listing on here, she made everybody sit through everything just to get to Girls Want to Have Fun. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Fuck, I have to apologize every time I you know, laugh now. She'd have done that at the beginning. Everybody would have... Okay. <laughs> well, you remember the old story about Europe that after, you know, because the final countdown was like the biggest song they had, that they would open and close their shows with the final <laughs> countdown. Wow. Which is kind of sad in a way, but it kind of almost sort of, all right, let's see how many people leave if we play it first. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, we have half the arena and now there's 30 people left. Okay. <laughs> there's another oddball one, Bjork. Huh. Bjork is just strange to me. I actually, I have a few Bjork albums, and they're interesting. I will say interesting. I don't not like her, but it's like I don't know what to do with her. Right. You listen to it, and you experience it, and then you don't really understand. Mm. It's not bizarre. Familiar. It's bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> I guess living in Iceland is interesting or different. If we have any listeners, any part of the metal nerdery contingency that are from Iceland, if you have thoughts on Bjork, please let us know your thoughts because we would love to know them and see if we can identify with them. And also talk to people from Iceland. <laughs> talk about the ice. And the land. It's not land. very much there. Well, that, uh, that kind of brought me to what, what I had there. So uh, <laughs> We ended at Iceland. <laughs> I figured what, what better way to end a uh, discussion on Megaforce Records okay. than Bjork. <laughs> <laughs> Just seems natural. Yes. Yes. But yeah, if you go, I think I found a list on ranker.com or something. They basically had the whole Megaforce discography on there, like everything they'd ever put out. Oh, wow. And, you know, if you go down, look through that, you see all kind of cool stuff. All the old anthrax, all the old overkill. Right. Probably, probably take you back just, in time, I'm sure. Yeah. It was, it was cool looking at. I just kind of went through there just trying to pick some of the more groundbreaking stuff that we used to listen to. Plus some of that more interesting stuff of the recent years. Yes. <laughs> yes. A nice sampling, if you will. Thank you. A nice buffet. <laughs> Sorry, that was a beer burp. Thank you for listening to our show and for joining us again. And as we said before, we're on the Twitter at Metal Nerdery. And we're on the socials at Metal Nerdery Podcast. Please give us some feedback. Some kudos and commitments, if you will. Let us know what you'd like us to talk about if we have not talked about it already. Give us some show ideas. Give us some shout-outs and shit. You know, say some shit. Do whatever. You can call Matt an asshole if you want. Yeah. Hashtag asshole. <laughs> it's very hot and very sulfury down there. 
That's where Satan hangs out and ass hell. Anyway, thank you for listening. We are the Metal Nerdery. Nerd out. Till the next time. Thank you. This is Nigel Nigerson, and you're listening to Metal Nerdery. Please follow them on the social media. Uh, They are now on Twitter at Metal Nerdery. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Metal Nerdery Podcast. And search for them out in the Googles at metalnerdery.com slash podcast. This is Obvious Osborne. That guy's British. Isn't it obvious? <laughs>